What's up guys, this is Corey Baker from Baker Forging Tool. In my business, we do tons of heavy grinding every single day, and we needed a grinder that could take abuse and keep on trucking without slowing down billet production. The Ameribraid Variable Speed 2x72 is just that. All heavy duty parts and framing with well thought out accessories that are easy to use and not bogged down with lots of tiny parts. By far the best accessory item that Ameribraid sells is their surface grinding attachment. It is absolutely foolproof and the best in the industry. With quick release magnet system, there is no prying your workpiece off the platen. Very fast to slap a billet or a knife onto the table, engage magnets, and start surfacing with precise increments. On top of all of this, their customer support is outstanding. Eric and Kevin are always available and fast to help with any situation. If you're in the market for a top-of-the-line grinder or maybe just an accessory to add to your existing setup, go to Ameribraid.com and use the code HUSTLE100 for 100 bucks off any grinder package. All right, next up, the Hustle & Grind Podcast. What's up, everybody? We're back again. Uh, we are gluttons for punishment with these heavy, heavy guest episodes. And this week is no exception. We've got a whole slew of the boys from Baker Forge and Tool on. We got Coy, Will, Cole, not like the stone, Jay, and Colton. Did I say that? Waylon. Waylon. <laughs> Fuck. Damn it. It's close enough. Damn, how's it going, right, guys? Right out of the bat. Yeah. And Noah. And Noah. He's Noah's here, too. Well, uh, here. we're doing great, man. Thanks for having us on the show. We've, uh, of course, never done a, never done a yeah, podcast. Yeah, thanks for coming people, on. So this will be interesting. <laughs> Noah is really good about directing traffic. So hopefully this episode is no exception. We did it a different way this time. In the post-blade show we did, it was... All remote, so seven different guys from different places. The five of you are sharing a microphone in one room, so shouldn't well, I imagine run into seven the tracks of audio that. to sync up was not fun. Yeah, and uh, Zencaster only allows six, and then it randomly chose who was the oh, one no. that left out of post production. So we, we the sh the show is in three segments. And then the first one, they left out Neil Warren. The second one, they left out Dustin O'Hara. And then the oh, third oops. one, they left out Micah Dunn. <laughs> That's funny. Like, oh. Yep. All right. Well, let's, let's start it off nice and easy here. Let's just kind of go around. Uh, I myself, I mean, obviously, everybody who follows Baker Fortune Tool, we know who Koi is. And you guys do a really great job on your reels and your social media of getting uh, all the guys' faces out there with your fun videos that are kind of talking about favorite this, favorite that, you know, all different kinds of random stuff. But we don't really get an opportunity to really meet the guys that work there. So if you don't mind, let's just kind of go around and have everybody just kind of introduce themselves and just kind of say what they do as their kind of primary job um, at working at Baker Forge and Tool. Uh, Coy, we've already kind of figured out who you intro, are. So we'll listen from you, man. Okay. Why don't you uh, let's do All that? Right. Well, you go I'm ahead and Cor warm Baker, us up, uh, CEO and founder of Baker Forge, and of course, I just I just run all day to day operations of everything, uh, mostly from the office these days. Um, but uh, yeah, these guys work for me. This is a good smattering of the crew. We've got uh, the film guy and editor. We've got blacksmiths. We got managing stuff, managing partners. So you know, we kind of got a good slew of everybody here. Um, I guess we'll just kick things off then with Will here. 
Uh, go ahead, Will. Uh, I usually start out when in the morning we, we unload the furnace, and uh, there's usually stuff that needs to be ground uh, with, the, with the right angle grinder and uh, knocking scale off or knocking off the uh, patterning uh, before it goes to the stuff, before it goes to the 2x72, and then wait on the furnace to get warm and uh, start forging and grinding edges. And yeah, so. Time. Will is the uh, Will is a blacksmith full time with us, and uh, what did you start? You started in December, right? In December, yep. So yeah. So he's one of the newer months. newer hires, uh, newer full time hires. We've got some newer part time guys, but uh, yeah, Will's been with us since December, right? Yeah. And yep. head uh, full time blacksmith. So, cool. Uh, Very cool. Do a Very bit cool. of everything, mostly just fixing the shit that I break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's good at that. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, you're kind of our resident uh, mechanic, yeah. machine mechanic. Uh, really, kind of the head of all blacksmithing in the shop. Cole oversees most of that, and uh, is a part of all those forging processes. Uh, but also, really spearheads fixing machines because in a shop environment like this, we break a lot of crap. Mm -hmm. And Cole has actually a pretty decent background in in uh, machining and that industry. Yeah, really, I've been working around machines since high school fabricating making shit and fixing shit and breaking shit oh a lot of breaking <laughs> shit mostly <laughs> breaking shit yeah. so when, when we Otherwise break something I wouldn't have <laughs> that's right so we, when we break something yeah, yeah. Oh, job security man he's the math guy too he can he can crunch numbers yep. real well yeah he can do it all on his head easy peasy for him yeah ratios all that sort of stuff for layers because we you know we gotta when we're building a billet and a layout we've got to get ratios correct in order for certain patterns to develop properly and the core material to stay at a certain thickness in the final bar so that there's no copper on the edge stuff like that so um yeah jay you can take it so i'm the Very shop cool. manager so i'm pretty much responsible for everything that happens in the shop um just overseeing all the billet production, making sure everything's following the schedule the koi makes. <laughs> We're not falling behind or anything. Um, keeping the guys in line. <laughs> hey, Jay's also my brother. So there's a yeah. blood relation there for anybody who didn't know. Uh, he's my baby brother. I kind of, I kind of figured it, but uh, it wasn't said, yeah. so I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't sure. And then we got Waylon. So I do pretty much all of the social media stuff, the videos and a lot of the photos, uh, and all of the studio stuff usually falls on me. So, yeah, Waylon's kind of, he started out as kind of a, a do it all with the, the shop, brought him in part time to do a little bit of photo, a little video, uh, a little bit of actual grinding. He actually worked in the shop for a while when he started um, getting his hands dirty and, and all of the processes. Um, but then kind of as things really started to expand, he quickly moved into just doing the uh, the editing in the studio work. So all the video editing, photos, um, social media stuff, shipping, packing. He does a bunch of the packing. Um, so he's kind of the do it all in the office. And my right hand man in the office. So, yeah. so that's everybody. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. So for pretty much all the, all the content that we see either on Instagram or the YouTube stuff. That's all pretty is, much yep, uh, yep. your handiwork then. It has been for what, last year. Yeah. 
year now. A little Hell over a year now. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. It took a huge burden off me having to manage all that and keep track of everything there. And it's already just the, the studio side of things is already more than a full-time job. Uh, he stays full-time with it and I have to actually step in and help still from time to time just because the workload's kind of large with that. So. Absolutely. And yeah. I mean, I'll go ahead, Ryan. It's, it's not just what you guys do in the shop either. You guys photograph knives for other makers too. Don't, don't you? People send you knives yeah, for your do. photography. Uh, that's the Baker Forge studio section. So, yeah. So we've started and we haven't officially yeah, launched yeah. Baker Forge studios, um, partly because we've been so busy and didn't want to take on a whole bunch more workload, but that is something that's in development and that will be for any knife maker even if they don't use our steel is studio services for photos and video work, reels, captions, hashtag, like we will end up dealing with all of that for uh, makers in the maker industry once that's launched. But we're, it kind of took a little bit of a back seat because we're looking at actually moving shops right now. Uh, we're trying to acquire a new building. Um, that's just taken up a lot of our extra time. So. Nice, nice. You do a fantastic job, man, because we've talked in the past about how what you've done for Koi and Baker Forge and Tool is like, like even us small guys need that. We need because, you know, guys like me and Noah, single man run units are just we're doing everything. The social media, the making, the selling, all the shit. And uh, it, it, it has shown us that there is value in hiring somebody to do the social media for us because. I don't know if you see my pictures, but they do not look good. It is not professional quality photography done on my Samsung well, and phone. Well, I used to think so. I did a halfway decent job awesome uh, work. with Baker Forge Media stuff. But once he came on and started doing it, I was like, oh, wow. I was in the Stone Age with my photos. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he's been a, a big help. And that's part of what we're hoping Baker Forge Studios will be eventually is really helping makers, especially uh, one-guy shops who need to spend more time focusing on making knives or whatever they're producing and being able to outsource a little bit of the content work to somebody who's very proficient and quick at it. And also doing it in such a way that it's very affordable for a maker to do. So, cause you know, the more we grow the knife making industry, the more we help grow ourselves really, cause we are supported by the knife making community. For sure. Rising tide lifts all ships. Um, We wanted to bring everybody on because it's a very unusual job to make Damascus and Makume all day long. Like it's not, you don't run into a guy at the grocery store. Oh, what do you do, man? Oh, I make Damascus, you know, whatever. No big deal. Um, So we want to talk about kind of how did you guys fall into this? How, because you don't just go to school to make, you know, world quality Damascus. It's it's like, like what kind of backgrounds did you have that led you to be where you are working with Koi now? Who's to start off? Well, I'll start off, I guess. Um, I'm his brother, so as he started it, <laughs> I just kind of followed for one, but... Um, yeah, Jay was working in the shop on the weekends yeah. in the early days, helping us, uh, or helping me, get steel made as demand was growing, just in a single-car garage, Jay would come out on the weekends and some nights during the week and actually help do that. And Jay doesn't come from a background of smithing. Um, no, he I just, used to paint. 
Yeah, he used to that paint. Was a pain. <laughs> well, I think we've mentioned on a previous podcast that oh, I had a residential paint company as yeah, well. That was a family run paint company, and Jay was part of that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, but so I think Cole has yeah, the biggest. So background. yeah, I went to college. That's the funny thing is, I a lot of people go to college and get their degrees, and then they never work in that field. I went and got a two-year degree in mechanical applied engineering, focusing on machining and maintenance. And then I got a job at Winkler Knives. And it wound up being basically a degree to do my job because it was fabrication, grinding, fixing stuff. And then that, I mean, I always liked knives. I'd made a couple before I even started working there. And I grew that love and then... I wasn't there anymore, and uh, my my cousin actually seen a, a ad that he was looking for help, so I called him, and then my buddy Josh, who shares the shop, told him that he'd be an idiot if he didn't hire me, and it all worked out. But I'm probably as close to having a, a degree to do this kind of stuff is you're going to get. Yeah. I mean, it's not, I didn't forge in school or anything, but all the auxiliary ancillary stuff that goes around that is in my wheelhouse. And I, I enjoy doing it and I'm kind of good at it. It fit in really well with what we do. It, yeah, it really yeah. did. Um, to have someone with the mechanical mind that he's got for the machinery is a huge, huge help. Um, and then, of course, he's also good at beating steel under a power hammer. So, yeah, see, I just uh, have no regard for myself. So <laughs> go and I realized the other day I look like a fucking junkie. <laughs> arms and shit. <laughs> but I just don't mind it. It's, it's fucking burn. Who cares? Yeah. And I mean, of course, these guys just finished up a. You know, eight-hour shift. That's why these guys all have a skin tone that is a lot darker than me and Waylon. <laughs> I believe that's called yeah. the Chilean miner coming yeah. out of the coal then, mine. Uh, Will here, he actually ha he runs a bit of a side business making knives as well. Yep. What's just give yep. him your background? Well, I uh, I was in Alaska and building skis and snowboards. Uh, uh, and working in the ski industry and just got burned out on uh, just working, making, I mean, I enjoyed making skis and snowboards, but I wasn't ever skiing and snowboards. And then uh, a knife maker in Alaska, in Homer, uh, Maynard Linder, Dancing Man Knives and Ulus, needed some help and knew that I was good at uh, working with tools and fabricating stuff. And so he hired me on and uh, then and, and making stock removal knives out of recycled, uh, recycled steel, mostly old saw blades, and big crosscut saws and stuff. And then I got into uh, forging my own knives on the side and was able to use his shop to grind them and everything. And uh, so started my own thing. And then uh, about a year ago, I moved back to North Carolina uh, where I've lived before and uh, uh, got a job at a restaurant and wasn't uh, just because I needed something right away, and, but wasn't super happy with that. And uh, and then I pestered Koi uh, enough to uh, 
I I seen all the work they were doing and uh, wanted to get back in the uh, in this sort of industry. And I pestered Coy and went out to the shop. He let me gave me gave me a tour and uh, went out there a few times. And uh, finally, he called me and uh, and said he had a job for me. And uh, and yeah, that's where we are. history. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I love it. You weren't pestering. I mean, I feel like <laughs> there was one email. I, I'm just trying to make it the story. Here. I'm just <laughs> trying to make the story. Here. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> one email, and then I was like, "Yeah, do you come out to the shop?" I don't think at the time we were looking to hire. No, you, no, you weren't. Yeah, it, it, it was first time. It was. Yeah. It was a few months, uh, two, three months after I. Yeah. After we, uh, that I started working. Yeah, because we got you to the tour. You came in, you met the guys, and I remember afterwards, everybody was kind of like, "Why well, we like that Will guy. Uh, and, but at the time, I think we were looking at trying to hire somebody else who was uh, had wanted a job, and we were already in discussions with them about the job. And so I had you on hold. And as soon as we finished things up and I officially offered the job to that other guy, he was like, yeah, you know what, never mind. He changed his mind out of the blue, and I was like, "Then we're calling Will, let's well, go. I'm, I'm glad it worked out that way. Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah he missed guy. out. He he runs a plant nursery now, or works for a plant nursery, so that can't be fun. Yeah, that's that's probably depends on what you're growing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the man. I've like been the loving working with my cactuses. <laughs> that is not related. To no, it's not. <laughs> you brought up, you brought up the plant nursery. It's cactuses are cool. I like growing shit. It's it's a worthy venture. A uh, cold does. Oh, go ahead. So speaking of speaking of hiring new guys, uh, Noah and I are both come from. I come from restaurants and the trades. We're both mechanics, and you kind of like have to have thick skin to work in most trades. Do your new hires have to like run the gauntlet of the current crew before they're allowed to be hired? Is that? Kind of I how think it's, you know, got to make like, sure that no even level, coming it's, in. It's fucking bad, and yeah. it, it, it was easier like, than I expected. Each other. It was easier yeah. than I expected, though. I I expected to get a little bit of uh, you know kicked and, around. Uh, uh, Coy or Cole does this uh, thing where uh, he he asked me to uh, smell the metal and see if it yeah. was uh, hundred layer or fifty layer, you know. But uh, I've worked enough jobs to where uh, <laughs> I, I can smell and tell it's 50 layer. That's true. I mean, Cole does sniff the steel. If you can't tell what it is from the outside, you he'll, can smell it. he'll do a sniff check. And he's actually surprisingly accurate. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of scary. Yeah. Wow. I think so I saw that in one of your guys' reels before. Yeah. I was a little concerned by it. but He smelled a lot of steel in his day. Let's yep. just say that. <laughs> But no, as far as new hires go, you know we're nice. Fair people enough. In general, Absolutely. it's not a it's not an easygoing environment. I mean, it's a rough environment to work in in general. It's very hot. It's very dirty. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I think I think all it takes is one look at Cole, and most new hires can go, "I'm suitable for this or not," because Cole's a good representation. <laughs> what a day at the forge looks like. <laughs> yeah, it'll beat you up. That's for sure. Well, I actually, so, okay. So I kind of wanted to ask, so obviously we're all knife makers that are probably listening to this podcast and a lot of you guys are as well. And we love everything about it. You know, that we didn't, most of us wouldn't do this if it wasn't something that we loved doing. That being said, every job kind of has its, its shitty spot. You know, what would, what would each one of you guys say is, 
is like your least favorite part of the job. If there is, if there is something, you know, what, maybe it's the heat or maybe it's, you know, the griminess. What is, what is the, the negative aspect to the job that you, uh, go first that you always uh, dread? I uh, think we'll all probably agree that uh grinding pattern after we pattern the steel on the power hammer, it leaves uh, uh, anywhere from 16th up to maybe an eighth inch that you have to grind off. And uh, that's, uh, uh it's not as bad with the uh with the angle grinder but when you get it down to the two by 72 uh you probably only get through three or so billets in a 24 grit belt uh and then you're replacing belts i mean we go through belts and just grind and it's 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 probably the my my least favorite it's also hard to do i mean you got to put a lot of pressure on that uh, contact wheel to be to rip it and it's all about speed you know, we don't want to take forever and just, you know, baby one billet. You know, they got a stack they got to get through. And so yeah, cause we'll be doing like 25, 30 of these at a time. And that's happening. So your arms yeah, are just aching. By we're doing that several times a week, typically, at least once, typically twice. Though. That so. and running the belts on the small contact wheel, the two inch wheel, you can go a lot faster, but it trashes a belt. Yeah. Like. Just shit coming off of oh, it, yeah. and that breakover angle is just hard on them. So you get filthy, and you get covered mm. in twenty-four grit belt, basically, yeah. as it breaks yeah. down. But then you breathe it all in too, if you're not wearing a mask, yeah, because it all floats up in the air. Gets hot. You're alternating between soggy hands and burning hands. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's the worst job in the shop. There'll be a six-inch uh, pile underneath the oh, yeah. grinder. Oh yeah, just dust after. and stuff. Under each grind. So that explains why the, the new guy was the one that was saying that he does that. Yeah, the part-timers and the new guys have, have to break in over there. Like um, We're not really hazing, but there is kind of a hierarchy. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can go and tell Will, hey, go grind this, and then I don't have to. <laughs> but it's always a hierarchy. All right, so let's flip it around. What's the best part of the job then? Now that we've dealt with that, what's your favorite thing to do in the shop, or your favorite aspect of it? it doesn't have to be like a so, day in the work, but something that you get out of the seeing job. Seeing the end result. Yep. Like when the knives come back and we're allowed to open them and look at them. Once he's cleaned his, once they've washed their hands. Oh. Um, yeah. And at that, and then as far as forging goes, uh, quenching open mate. Just because it's, you know, satisfying. Yeah, it's it's like a fire in reverse, which is one of the best parts of the job is all the fires. Right, of course, we don't quench our steel, no, so no, they no. don't get to quench anything really other than the mokume, which to anneal you quench in water, and so, uh, and it of course it show it goes from a red hot bar to a super highly colored pattern bar in a matter of just a few minutes in the water, and so yeah. That's pretty. That's yeah, pretty cool to see. It's super it's cool. gorgeous. But yeah. Jay, what do you think? Badass man. Favorite thing. Honestly, both answers are about the same. I mean, Mokume in the shop is one of the coolest things, and seeing the final products, all the knives and stuff that people make, it's really really cool. Throwing cra- firecrackers at each other. Throwing firecrackers at each other. That's a lot of fun Probably too. Next yeah. Best. <laughs> I don't know how that. They do that in the shop all we the time. We do that at work too. Those little, just little firecrackers with a short little fuse on them. 
they'll just light one and just throw it under a guy who's standing at a grinder and let it go off. Yeah, that's something we do to new guys. Yeah, we do that to everyone. Yeah, that's but the when thing. we get a new guy in, you go buy a giant ass bag full of fireworks. That was and just like because I was out week. of I was out of firecrackers when we got the last new guy. So we make sure we have lots of firecrackers when we have a new guy come in, and there's lots of those popping off throughout the day. Don't worry, we don't work with sharp objects, so it's safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're all young enough to not worry about heart attacks. We actually do that at my job. I have a bowl of firecrackers that was Good. sitting on my toolbox, and somebody starts getting lippy or whatever, you just yep. grab a firecracker. Yep. Flip <laughs> it over into their bay. Yeah. What's your favorite part of the- <laughs> Oh, sorry. We actually had I was going to ask uh, Waylon what his favorite part is. No, go ahead. Because, you know, Waylon is yeah, he's not shop this. really related, so... When we get a new knife in, I get oh, to it's the same answer. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I really like the videoing the knives. That's just a lot of fun. I uh, some more than others. Shiny ones are a little harder. Yeah, harder to photograph. Uh, any shiny material makes it a little bit harder, but it makes it a challenge. So I enjoy it. So I guess to all the knife makers out there, we love seeing your work come back because we just. Yeah see the raw steel mm-hmm. go out and so we don't and we don't make any final products so we don't really get to see a lot of these cool patterns and stuff until we get knives back for photos or or whatnot we make the coolest gray rectangles on earth yeah when we're doing a new build like we got that we got something you were grinding the other day that, yeah uh, we grind. yeah it's new that's yeah, yeah. oh yeah there's certain things we can't talk about about new <laughs> patterns. Uh, yeah. But we'll grind in. Rest assured, they're cool. Yeah. yeah. But seeing the I new, mean, seeing the stuff. It's like grinding the end cut believe and the pattern isn't the same as seeing a, see yeah. a product. Yeah. It's yeah. absolutely not. That's true. A finished knife is very rewarding to see, even though we have to ship it back to the customer. <laughs> That's the most part of the time. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time. Well, I mean, there's been a couple that have come in and haven't left. That's true. If it was bought or gifted to us. Yeah. yeah. Every once in a while that happens. So. I mean, it's rare, but uh, it happens. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Well, that actually kind of works into this. So I was going to ask. So last time when we had just Koi on the show, we were kind of asking him about the developing of the patterns and he has his own little projects with the, um, the mosaics and stuff like that before you know production run uh layups and patterns he mentioned that you guys tend to kind of collaborate and kind of figure out how you guys want to go about making a steel and it's kind of like a group effort it's not just something that comes out of his mind alone um any one of you guys have anything as far as like there was like one particular steel where you had a hand in it and th- you were really super proud of like the way that it came yeah. out. Uh, so we talked about this earlier a little bit. Do you, because there's been some patterns that I'll come up with uh, on a whiteboard here in the office. Um, but more particularly back when the office was at the shop, we did do a good bit of um, pattern development together. And then from time to time now, they will come up with something in the shop as well, separate from me. Yeah. Um, like I think Firestorm was my idea, wasn't it? It could have been. I don't. I don't remember, but I remember us the names for Firestorm yeah. and then we consecutively yeah. Ice Storm yeah. that came after that. Yeah, that was the brainchild of everybody. Yeah. Um, 
believe that new one. Uh, the one that really sticks out is last year's uh, post blade show hammering. Mm. I made uh, a silver goma for Brennan Yalhalla Forge. Um, I made the billet. Josh ground the knife and he finished it. And yeah, I don't remember who made the weather for it, but he had somebody. Make the I don't remember, but Brennan from Yalhalla Forge came to the hammer in that we had after Blade Show. And, and of course, this isn't a production run. Mm-hmm. This is just a one off billet. But yeah, after Blade Show last year, Brennan brought up a silver coin gotcha. that he had rolled out. It was pure silver. And he and Cole, well, Cole primarily, uh, forge welded that into a, a bar and into a go my bar. And we then realized just how different pure silver looks compared to nickel in a steel. It's so much whiter Mm -hmm. compared. It makes pure nickel look yellow. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of been on the back burner. I've always wanted to do a run of pure silver uh, Gomai, a pure silver shim. Tyrell is playing with it. Yeah. Yeah, Dennis Tyrell posted something the other day about he bought a big old sheet of pure nickel, or not pure nickel, pure uh, silver, silver for a project. Um, so, but we've we've talked about doing a release of that. Just pure silver is kind of expensive, and so there was a price concern there. I'm not sure how many makers would be worth or be willing to you know yeah. fork over that much for a bar, but and also, yeah, we'd probably have to send right. you our own stashes. <laughs> I I, co- I collect silvers. They'd be like, well, if you provide the silver. Yeah. I mean, the only problem is been rolling out the silver. Send coins. it into you. Yeah. Kind of a pain. It's easier to bite and sheet and just cut it on the shear, I guess. But um, other than, I mean, yeah. it, it, the patterning dies. Patterning dies. Yeah. Oh, as far as actual patterns. We kind of bounce back and forth trying yeah. to design that. That's true. We, and we did like three of them all at once. The, the ripple was probably the most recent example. Yeah, we did a ripple and we did a, a medium wide ladder. Yeah. And then we redid the chevron die partway through. We had yeah. an original design on a die and then we ended up modifying it at least once, if not twice. Well, so we had the original die on blue. Yeah. And the small dies. And then we just got a bigger set. And I think more or less that pattern has remained consistent. We it's changed just, the pattern a little bit dimensionally when we had them recut for the new hammer. Yeah. yeah. But beyond that, it's like we've been through like three sets of drawing dies, that, but it's still the same chevrons. Yeah. Yeah. To the end user, they're not going to notice. It's no. the same. We dimensionally changed it a little bit to help in our process. But yeah. So it's all it's all a group effort. Yeah. You know, we, we kind of, ideas just flow, and as stuff comes together, we try it out. and Sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't ever see the light of day. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah, plenty there, of those. There are a couple of them one-on-ones that it worked, only just. And... Yeah, there was there's a couple of times we did a test bar, and the test bar worked great. No problems. We put it into production, run a batch, and lose the whole batch. Which is always gut wrenching. Oh, lots of time and money down the drain on those, but it's part of the process. So. No kidding. What? What? Uh, what made you want to come out with a line of Makume? I was very happy when I saw that you did, and um, but was that always something you guys had 
had on the back burner and then you're like fuck it I mean, let's just do a run a of makume just yeah we've done a lot in the past we've done several batches worth of it some in triple alloy and some in a double it just usually wants to be clad just been a it while, has right? been a while um just because it's not something that sells super well um i mean when we did this recent drop it pretty much all sold out we only got a bar or two left uh but you know it's not blade material it's just bolster and garden whatever and so it's a little hard to a lot of people you know if you're going to do a big guard you need a freaking crazy big block you know and so it's kind of hard for us to make the material i don't know there's a weird sound what was that somebody's farm yeah what is that there was a uh, flood evacuation in my area but it's fine i was just making sure one here (laughs) um yeah i mean I, they love forging the Mokume because hot, that stuff forges like oh, Play-Doh. It's, it's, oh, it's so cool. It's super fun and easy to move under the power hammer. And so, and of course they love quenching it. But yeah, we don't do a whole lot of it. We should, we should probably do I feel like do we've more. done more Mokume as custom order stuff. Like someone would request yeah. a piece size and we would make that for them, which honestly, as expensive as that material is, it makes a lot more sense. That, that is true. And back to what I was saying about the dimensions of some of the pieces that are normally made out of Mokume, like guards, they need a very specific size. And normally it's a weird looking size. So um, you're right. We do do, we do customs on that. Gotcha. Um, but if the customers want it, we, you know, we'll, we'll make more runs. People just got to send us messages and go, yo, I, we need more Mokume. <laughs> we'll make whatever you want. Just got to pay for it. <laughs> What are, what are the dimensions you usually do on the Mokume billets? <laughs> it varies. Is it, like, is it like you buy, you buy it by so, the inch? Or? Let's see. This last, let's go off this last run. We, we did. sell it volume-wise. Oh, we sell it by the cubic inch. So it's the length times the width times the thickness. And I don't know that pricing off the top of my head. But um, the, most of that batch was, what, two and a half to two and three quarter wide? They were pretty on the wider side. And then we just did a variety of thicknesses from like three eighths. No, we did some like half inch range. Yeah. We did a we down did. to like quarter inch. Yeah. There was the twist yeah, there was some bar, thick boys in there. There was a twist bar. Yeah, we half did them all thicker because, you know, every different pattern. Right. And, you know, they're not hard to grind down. It's soft material. And so if somebody wanted to make like an inlay, they could take a piece of quarter inch one and grind it thinner or hammer it out thinner because it's it's not hard to forge that's what i was gonna say because a lot of our stuff like right we don't recommend forging or at least upsetting for the steel our stuff yeah the anything with the core material but the mokume you can yeah awesome um we're gonna drop an ad in here real quick so Let's go. Hustle and Grind podcast is sponsored by Phoenix Abrasives, your one-stop abrasive shop. When you go to phoenixabrasives.com, click the shop icon in the upper right-hand corner to find all the abrasives you'll ever need. Check out the Incinerator 36-grit ceramic belts, along with the Trizact gator belts that the hosts of Hustle and Grind use every day. When you check out, use code HUSTLE10 for 10% off your entire order. 
Hustle and Thanks, Grind Luke. is sponsored by Maritime Knife Supply. Whether you're looking for steel, abrasives, handle material, forges, epoxy, or anything for making in general, Maritime Knife Supply has you covered. And in the U.S. or Canada, they ship faster than the great Cobra Chicken Gooses that their country is known for. Go to Maritime Knife Supply, and when you buy a 10-pack of belts, get 10% off. And tell them we sent you, eh? Hey. Hey. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Luke. And don't forget, guys, we are also sponsored by Liquid IV. If you go on their website and use code HUSTLE10, you're going to get yourself 20% off your entire order. And uh, we'll have more information about that later on. But uh, go check those out. Stay hydrated in your shop while you're out there in the hot summer temperatures. That's not a bad idea. It was a great stay idea. healthy. <laughs> Such a good job, Noah. Because, like, I thought that was just for hangovers. Oh, really? Yeah. Use it for. Well, for it everything. is just. It works for hangovers, but uh, it also works for anybody. I mean, if you're when, when I'm forging in my shop, it's it's a hundred degrees outside right now, and I'm still forging. So, and I got a tiny little shop and the heat just builds up in there like crazy. So if I'm forging for, I don't know, an hour, I'll probably drink five bottles of water in that time. So throwing a little liquid IV in there, it always helps me not to get the, uh, the, the post forge hangover. Cause I'm not an animal like you guys are and forge all day. We so. might need some liquid IV this yeah, summer. We go yeah, through a lot of water, a lot of water, a lot of Gatorade. All right. So we'll have to talk to the hustle and grind guys after the show. Maybe they can hook us up. Maybe so. We can't hook you up with a promo code for twenty. Yeah, there you go. They should pay you for double sure. for that ad. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't recorded the ad for them yet. They're very specific. It was. It's not like it is with like you know a Maribraid or Phoenix where we could make up what we wanted and just drop it in. They sent us like a two-page list. Like this is what we want. Then we want a personal testimonial from both hosts and like you have to say these phrases. And I was like, Oh shit, wow. it's going to take some thought before we, what you, uh, what do you think we are? Like a serious podcast? Like that's not oh what we do God. here. Come on. Have they, have <laughs> they mean, seen our numbers? Compared to the guy who read the ad <laughs> in the beginning of the show. I mean, that you, you got to go up from there. So yeah. that's what... <laughs> I don't think we right. can top that. I one. was starting to listen to so. a hustle and grind podcast one day. It just came on my, uh, my feed Koi was in the shop, and uh, and I heard Koi <laughs> come to my, and I thought he was talking to me. <laughs> I remember you walking up to me. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I, I was so confused. I thought you were just. Talking. <laughs> I was trying to sell you a grinder. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. So nice. Uh, that's fantastic. All right, guys. Well, hey, speaking of tools, let's. Uh, I'm not calling anybody anything here. Don't don't go there. Uh, what's 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 your favorite tool to run in the shop? You guys got a ton of them. Like they power all look fun. All which yeah. power hammer though? You got to specify. The, the Bulgarian. I was gonna say which one. Yeah. So they're referencing the, the 145 Bulgarian power hammer, air, the self-contained air hammer, which is really kind of just our f- most pop or more fully or. It's what we use the most. Yeah, it's, but the Bradley is troubling a lot of fun how. Too. I honestly, we much we rely on. It. I honestly have fun with the Bradley, uh, but it's not. It don't quite, move. It's it. not quite as efficient. Nowhere uh, near uh, as of right now. I like the Bradley because of the cool factor. It that's yeah. that's yeah. It has I, the cool factor, but but taking it just apart, don't move metal. 
But yes, it does. Not like case. the other. No, okay, listen up. Listen up. So you've got these two here. They're featherweights. They're they're short and skinny. <laughs> hey, we built a. They don't they don't have enough ass to put that pe the pedal the treadle you far need enough the down. You the lever too. You can't run it on just the pedal. I can't if I stand all the way on it. <laughs> we got to make That's some adjustments. Not... <laughs> but it'll also punch him in the face. It will. Oh, this is great. Somebody, uh, Charlie. Charlie <laughs> no last names. <laughs> Sorry. It, it, gun store Charlie. Gun store Charlie. There you go. Gun store Charlie <laughs> hit himself in the face. Yes. But, okay, overall, definitely, I think the power hammer is a unanimous. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, Waylon, what, what, what's your favorite uh, tool in the yeah. shop? Oh, his camera. The, the camera. The camera. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be. Uh, it's a what kind of Sony camera? A7 IV. Not, doesn't mean anything to us. We don't know. <laughs> Sounds expensive. Full frame. Mirrorless camera. I know that you got way yeah, full frame mirrorless. Wow. Well, I mean, okay. and it shoots some really, really fine photo footage. Newer than the Bradley. More than the Bradley? <laughs> newer. Oh, they said more. No, newer. It's newer than the Bradley. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Bradley's like a hundred years old. <laughs> About one hundred and twenty. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, power hammer. Uh, Waylon. What uh, what advice would you give to small makers, Waylon, when it comes to their social medias and like having photos that don't look like total dog Definitely, shit? Definitely, I would say take all the the light is the thing that makes a photo so good. So you want to make sure your lighting's good, even if it's just moving it outside and then diffusing it just a little bit. You can buy a five in one uh, reflector online for like 20 bucks and it has a circle piece in the middle that acts as a diffuser if you just prop that above your knife take the photo outside it'd look a lot better than uh indoor fluorescence or anything so yeah because you, you need the diffuser if you're gonna go outside because yeah. the sunlight's just way too harsh yeah. you'll get a hot spot for sure so. and that's oh what, yeah what what did you say five that was again? Reflect. Five in one what? So it will have a diffuser. It'll have a gold side, Reflector. a silver side, and then if you flip it inside out, a black side and a white side. Yeah, like a transparent white. One? Yeah, yeah. Show it. It's packed away. I mean, it's like you can, yeah, I mean you it's can something talk you all day long. You can get it on Amazon for cheap, but they make a big difference for anybody taking photos, you know, with their iPhone or something. Huh. It's uh, uh, one of these things. Then oh, okay. on the inside, and it has this piece, and that lets light through, so it diffuses. So if you had this outside, you could diffuse your uh, light onto the night. Oh, okay. I've Very noticed cool. in my shop, I have all yeah. cheap Walmart LEDs for lighting in the shop. It makes yeah. me look like I'm in a fucking UFO. So when I take when I take pictures off my phone, I get these weird lines I, I would in the picture. Yeah, use the it makes me mad. And if you get if you can do it in like a cloudy day, it's a lot better. Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, we definitely don't have those around here. So I, I try and like go underneath my tree where it's kind of like you you get like a little bit of filtered no light, but. You got to be careful. It's still with trees. not always. It's the got best. leaves on it. It's going to make it a green hue. 
Yeah, and if it's shiny, yeah, you're definitely going to get a green hue. One thing about taking it out in the sun, though, without it being a cloudy day, sometimes you'll get a blue hue, and that's really hard to take out in editing. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Another thing I was talking to Will about mm. one day is they make gimbals for your iPhone, and you can specifically make it track you. So if you set that up on a tripod in your shop and you're wanting to take it like a reel for Instagram, you could make it track you and follow you around your shop. Without having to hire a cameraman. Yeah. I think that is a pretty helpful thing that people could use. So, yeah. I did not know that. Uh, What are they called? A gimbal? DJI. DJI. Yes. Just a phone gimbal. Yeah, and you get those on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I got I bought one of those oh, before I hired Whale, and and it just has a magnet stick to your phone, and you can you know it it's really stabilizes the video really well. But yeah, you can it's got a tripod on the bottom. You can just set it on a table and click the track me mode, and it just follows you around using your the software through your phone, and so you you can record video, and you can just move around your shop, and it freaking just follows you, and you can talk to it and all that stuff. So. You guys just blew my fucking mind. Yeah, yeah. That's sixty-five not, bucks. I, I, my mind was blown. When wow. We were talking about yeah. That's incredible. Wow, that's a huge piece of advice for all of our listeners. Thank you very much they for mentioning also, that. That is awesome. Finally, somebody there's gets value out a, of our uh, show. If you have an iPhone, there's an attachment. They have lavalier mics, so you could hook it up to your lightning port, and then just have that attached to you. Then it transmits to your iPhone. It's wireless, yeah. So you can get better audio. Yeah. So you could walk anywhere in your shop and still be heard. See, I was thinking about getting one of those the other day because I got a whiteboard for my shop with the idea that I was going to use it for working out Damascus patterns and stuff. And so far, I haven't done that. What I've done is I've made a series of stupid reels uh, about orcas and uh, Perry the platypus. So... uh, it didn't really work out for its intended purpose, but uh, I don't know. I'm having fun with it. So <coughs> excuse me. I'll yeah. have to look into that. So thank you for that as well. Um, here on this, uh, this podcast, we like to play a bunch of stupid games. Um, and we have like some, some silly games that we play like this or that. I figured that this was going to be a too big of an audience to play that, but we do have, uh, a segment we like to call fake news. Are you guys interested in uh, in Absolutely. playing a little bit of a guessing game with us? Yeah. All right. So uh, how this works is I have three headlines uh, that are written out here, and two of them, unfortunately, are completely real. They actually happen, but one of them is fake news. It is false. It is satire made up, and you guys get to pick which one it is. So... I'm going to read all three out, and then you guys can discuss amongst yourselves. Yeah. You don't know about John Boy and Billy? (laughs) (laughs) It's a national show. It's all around. Yeah. I don't know about it. What are you talking about? (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) you take C or a win. Yeah. So let's take C. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I actually. Was listening one day. Two people called in <laughs> wrong to the one where you take C and you're a winner. 
called it. You're gonna have to explain the uh, game. We don't understand okay, what you're talking about. All this shit. It's <laughs> y'all edit. Y'all don't have an edit. Button? They told us that you were gonna cut out the stupid shit. So. No, I did not. <laughs> no, you did. If we did that, we would oh, cut no. out every single one of our episodes. Stupid yeah, shit is he, all we do. He definitely lied. If that's the case. All right, let's hear some headlines. <laughs> all right, so here we have. First headline reads, Firefighters rescue man who cemented his head inside of a microwave. (laughs) Next up, Florida man puts fake COVID-19 quarantine sign on his door to avoid arrest. (laughs) I would have done that. That's real. That's got to be real. Yeah. And and lastly, Florida man opens bizarre theme park where visitors can experience, quote, life as an invasive species. The first, the, the one? first one's the head, head in the microwave. The first one's fake. The first one's fake. That was my, uh, my. I feel it's like too that obvious, could happen, though. though. You can't. You can't. How do you cement your head in the microwave? You can't well, cement your head in the microwave. Do you want me to? Microwave. Never yeah, you, underestimate. Is, it's not U.S. <laughs> news, is it? It's it's everywhere. Well, the first, the last. Uh Okay, it could I'm be pretty anywhere. sure I've seen a UK guy put his head yeah, in the microwave. Yeah, I feel like that's you put your head in the microwave, but you're not. Agree, sure. Cement? Cemented it, really? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Okay, so if we're going, if we're, if you've seen that headline, then what are we going? No I'm this, thinking. This the last one. Here, here, okay, guys, I don't want to lead you astray here, but I just need to let you know that I ask for these headlines to be sent in, and people on multiple of occasions have stories? sent me a headline or a news story that they thought was real. And then when I researched it for the show, it turned out to be fake. (laughs) So in other words, everything that you see on the internet is not necessarily true. As hard to believe as that may be the COVID on the door. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely real. That's smart. That is smart. Yeah, that's, I like that. I'm stowing that one in the back pocket for I'm later. Doing, I'm doing that. Oh, dude, door. Door. I believe that. Don't like George. I'm about to get pulled over. It's like, I'm not. <laughs> I don't, don't want to get you. <laughs> uh, it's, it's happened a lot. God knows how many fucking drunk drivers been got out of that. <laughs> okay. So, what was the third one? I've already forgotten. Third one, invasive, uh, invasive species okay. theme park. Real too. Do you want me to read them all over again? I'll read them yeah. all out again. All right, let's here. Read it again. all right. So the first one was firefighters rescue man who cemented his head inside of a microwave. Florida man puts fake COVID nineteen quarantine sign on his door to avoid arrest warrant. And Florida man opens bizarre theme park where visitors can experience quote I'm life as an invasive fake. species. I, Honestly, I feel like a because we, like they're a. not gonna save him. We can go he with does. The, we can go with the concrete. One. You want to go? I'm pretty sure I saw a you YouTube video of it, but well, I'm saying no, that's go. the thing. Is like firemen save? No. Yeah, I don't no, know. You do. You 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 make it that no. far. I yeah. don't think yeah. you're gonna get saved. Yeah, I know enough. Fuck. They're they're gonna they're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna laugh. laugh. <laughs> yeah. Let's go with that. Okay, let's we're going go. A. Yeah. Going A. Ryan, do you want to get in on this at all? I agree that it's A, because if you cemented your head into a microwave, how the fuck are you going to call a fire department? Good point. That's a fair point. So, okay. no down, final no answer. One. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm going to uh, let you down because that's uh, as real as the day is long. Oh, no. Is it the COVID? Oh, okay. I should have yep, gone with that. That's the one, man. Hey, you didn't have to vote the same as us. Well, I mean, it was... 
fireman <laughs> save. It's like, I don't. <laughs> how the fuck do you come back from that? The cement hadn't fallen out yet. There's no way. I don't know. Uh, honestly, I I think he left the door open, and that's where anywhere. his face was. Oh, you got good point. Well, and doesn't it take? Wouldn't you drink water as it sets? Yeah, yeah it'll burn you as it right. sets. Was the microwave on? <laughs> the, the microwave doesn't serve any purpose unless it's on. <laughs> I mean, unless it's just other than base. Well, I, I feel like the kind of person who decides to cement his head inside of a microwave, if the microwave was on when his head was in there, it probably it would, would roast his brain purpose. cells. Yeah. All right. I, oh, for one. We through the, uh... <laughs> don't feel bad. I lose every episode. Literally. I think there's only been one that I won. There was, yeah. There was one actually not too long ago that Ryan it actually got Brigham. Yeah, it was me and Brigham. We got all of them Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I always like when Brigham's on a, a podcast. I love listening to that guy. How Brigham's the not? man. And it's like like him and I met Mareko, uh Mumasi together. And uh, he's like, I'm Brigham. And he goes, Brigham Kendall? I go, he right. Mareko knows who you are. I'm like, yeah. Brigham, <laughs> what the he's fuck? talked about on so many shows. Yeah. I don't know how, but he's weaseled his way into everybody's lives. <laughs> he is so nice. It's because he's, he's so nice. He is. He's the my nicest face, guy I've ever met. My face fit perfectly on his face on all those photoshopped images that I did. Right. Or that I had my brother do for me. It was like, he, t- he said it looked like him and I had a baby. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> Which is an uncomfortable thought, but it made sense. Those were funny. It did funny photos at first. I fell for the first few, then I started seeing more and more of them. I was like, "Wait, whoa, wait a minute, that that's not right." No, I was talking to Brian House, and I was like, "Shit, I didn't get a picture with you and you and you." And he and I go, "Man, what a wasted opportunity!" And he goes, "That's exactly what I was thinking." <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm a piece of shit. I gotta fix this. So. I messaged my brother and I was like, can you put my face from this photo in all these photos ridiculously? He's like, yeah, no problem. That's funny. So like there was, and they all, most of them were originally of Noah. So it said, (laughs) hi, my name is Noah on on my shirt in the pictures. And then the ones I sent him with Brigham, he left Brigham's big old beard in there and just Photoshopped my face into his beard. And it, it fit perfect. I sleep on my brother's Photoshop skills. He's been doing like movie posters for us for our other podcast, and they're great. He did a uh, Karate Kid, oh, wow. he did Terminator Two, Inner Space because we had Honor Kaglar on from Dies in Every Film, and that was the film he su- yeah. requested. It was almost but, as good as the no, picture of Pickle. No, I was shot. waiting for. <laughs> That Those happened twice. Yeah, yeah, we did it once in Atlanta and then once in Florida at the uh, How foundry. How much did y'all drink? Copious <laughs> <laughs> amounts were consumed. <laughs> yeah. And of course it's pickles, so there was some other stuff involved. That's that's the... I was going to say, that's the kind of stuff that happens when they were sober. There were no pictures there for when they were then drinking. I would come to house if I had or, a, we, been invited. But, well, yeah. <laughs> well, also I would have had to form, so... Uh, yeah, celebrity A list there only. Sorry, man. <laughs> so that, you know, pic- <laughs> that picture of you and Pickle made its rounds. Todd Harrington's daughter did a painting of it. 
There's a pain. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter the cost. Yes, you should buy it. I don't think it, it was for sale, but it was it was actually pretty good. I mean, it was it's a young so, I mean, like, but yeah, it was good. Who who earned it more than y'all? Yeah, I mean, I, I could ask for a photocopy. I guess print. I could print it out. It was pretty cool though. It was, it was, Go right up there next to that Baker Forge and Tool flag, right, right in between that <laughs> yeah. and the Gator Piss flag, right there. That was pretty cool. I had. That's going to be right the on. cover for our hunks of knife making oh, calendar. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. going to be the cover. There ain't nobody want to see that, though. No. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking yes. of gator piss, so you guys have obviously everybody, everybody knows what gator piss is. How the hell does gator piss fit into your guys' production? Like, who. Who goes down to Florida and milks the gators for all of this stuff that you bottle uh, up? Well, I haven't been to Florida since we killed pigs. That's true. We went pig hunting in Florida like five years ago. Yeah, and I haven't been back since. I bet that was I was fun. down there, but uh, I didn't see any gators. So, no. So, let's see. It's Gator piss does not really fit in well. You're right. Um, so, normally when we're getting low on stock does, and we though. need to do a production run. We will, Waylon and I will, will order in all the supplies and Waylon and I will kind of prep all the boxes. So we'll get the labels put on the bottles. We'll get the seals in the caps. We'll get the bags prepped. We'll get all the zip ties prepped boxes and whatnot uh, several days ahead of time. And then when it's time to actually do the mixing and bottling, we will close up the shop for the day. We'll bring the crew up here to the office and studio. And we just set up kind of an assembly line out the door into the parking lot. And we got to watch Power Tour drop by. Oh, that, was, that was cool. That was cool. very cool. Yeah. So. I saw a GT40. Yeah. A real or GT40. Yeah. It was, that was top one in my fucking So the last mix was last Friday, and they got all sorts of distracted with all these hot rods driving by. So, yeah, that, that happened. Guilty. We weren't distracted. You were distracted. We, 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 distracted mixed, we mixed the piss. <laughs> And and made signs honk if uh, you honk we drink you honk we drink. <laughs> that's true. I think I think the pe- the the people driving by were confused though because the sign was out there, yeah. and then the next people they seen was sitting in the church parking lot. <laughs> so, and, and I definitely thought oh. you know, that gator piss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. Anyway, back on topic. <laughs> You, you guys derail conversations. You said you crazy. wanted fucking bullshit conversations. <laughs> I said they want bullshit conversations. Uh, yeah, so we just mix it all in a day and do a big batch run. Um, and then they go back to foraging. And How many bottles do we do? We do about 300 gallons per run. Um, and that'll last us a little while. And then when we start getting low Damn. again, we'll do it all over. We'll restock. and So we try to take away from the foraging is little as possible so we cram it all into just one day um to have the shop guys up here and waylon and i prep the rest of it so honestly it works out pretty good yeah that's it it's it's a nice easy day yeah it's a compared to forge and steel it's not it's, as labor intensive yeah we normally try to do it on a friday so kind of have an earlier day on friday leads into the weekend it's kind of nice yeah you you must have got it down to a science because 
it's correct me if I'm wrong, but it's cheaper than fair because uh, a gallon is like, uh, you know, I I can't remember what I saw. Yeah. I think it was like 50, for, 60 bucks sure. for a gallon. I don't know. Somewhere in there. Yeah, I don't really know. The yeah, if you buy like, ferret. I mean, you're buying no, we're concentrating it. We're concentrating no, but, everything. But people that, it's people our concentrating are then diluting <laughs> Yeah, well, right. I mean, I guess it depends. Some people don't. Some, people Some don't. of us. I, yeah. yeah. I run it. I like it strong because I do a lot of black etches. And so I, my ferric is like 50 50 ferric and you, white vinegar. You need to buy some I, I just <laughs> fucking don't forget. Yeah. I do. I, you don't edge. Yeah. I do yeah. need some gator piss. I, I do 50 of these little cleavers at a time. So it's like I need like five gallons of it. Is I've got five gallons. Enough, so. I'm sure you do. <laughs> I want some. I want some bad. It it just uh it looks like such less mess. Ferric is nasty. You know, you get it on your hands and it doesn't wash off and it stinks and it like right. it's just gross shit. Uh, gator piss seems like a much more it's logical clean. option. And it's, and it's clean it works. where you can see it happening it's while it's happening. Which is, I think, school. Yeah. The being able yeah. to just yeah. stick it in there and watch it. Just... Yeah, because at Blade Show, this reminds me, we did the when Josh Weston was doing the Blade Show knife that he does every year. Are you familiar with this? Yeah. That happens. Yeah. Okay, uh, so yeah. he contacted me ahead of time mm-hmm. and wanted to etch the knife in gator piss during the etch for the build, and so uh, we went outside the building, out in the sort of the parking lot area poured the gator piss into a thermos, like somebody's thermos. It was a maritime knife supply water thermos because that's all a container that we could find that was big enough to get the blade in. And when we put the knife in there and, you know, it, the gator piss makes it start popping just right away. And Josh Weston was freaking out. He's like, I've never seen a knife go that fast, that quickly. And who do you have to thank for bringing that piss? Because you forgot it. That's true. I forgot you it. forgot it. <laughs> I did forget to bring Joe, and we were a day early. <laughs> and uh, Cole and uh, Josh. primitive woodsman. I didn't even realize I'm that. I'm gonna make my plug right now. Never on. I went from carrying an 18-inch knife to this. The audio listeners cannot see you. No. It's a primitive woodsman, BC <laughs> bushcraft. Go buy it. Well, okay. Where do they buy it? We'll, 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 okay, well, I'm gonna let everybody plug uh, all, all their own shit here in just a second before we get off here. We're almost uh, we're almost to the end of the show, and then we'll do a quick after show uh, after this. But uh, but yeah, I just, uh, I love hearing about the the gator piss. I use it uh, for all the Damascus that I make, um, and it's just the thing that I love about it is that it's so it's consistent. And it's it's fairly gentle because you know I'll have some some ferric etches. If you don't get the mixture quite right, it's doing one thing to one type of steel and another thing to the other steel that you got in there. And you, one of the biggest problems with etching Damascus, at least in my experience, limited that though it may be, is getting these black smudge marks because I really like bold patterns. So you get those black black smudge marks on the fifteen and twenty when you're etching that Damascus steel and that gator piss just leaves that 15 and 20 bright and shiny clean. And it gives that nice deep 
consistent and very high contrast etch. I haven't mixed up coffee yep. since I bought it. So uh, I freaking love it. And I know everybody else does. So it's super cool um, that you guys are taking a whole day off of forging. I'm sure that actually does somewhat hurt your production to be able to, you know, to have to take a whole day out of your production uh, to, to yeah, I mean, put that does, out there. But, so, you know, we know everybody to working it in to where we, we we'll make enough to where we're ahead of time. It's or, about once a month, right? Yeah. Or once every month like, and a half, two. maybe. No. Well, so I wasn't there for the last one. Yeah, you skipped one. I mean, you were out. You were you were down in Wilkesboro. Weren't you? Then I've missed no. two. Oh. No, he no, was, he was at the shop. I was Kyle back like, fixing, fixing. You were yeah. fixing the machine. That's fixing right. Machine. You missed one. Y'all didn't do it. Did y'all do it while I was in Wilkesboro? No, we didn't. No, no it was right you now. were fixing the machine. Yeah. Uh, Jay and I bumped it off. Anyway. Anyway. We got more stuff coming out on the Gator Piss line Anyways. soon. We've got some new stuff in the development there that not quite ready to announce to the public, but it's exciting. Hopefully before winter, we're going to have some really cool stuff coming out that's going to pair well with the Gator Piss etching in that line. So, like Fantastic. A, like a Gator Piss neutralizer? Say. Maybe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That, Damn that it, Ryan! Would be cool. It'd be better than Windex. That's for sure. I uh, I want some Gator Piss bad. I just have to go through the stupid amount of ferric that I have now, or else I'll feel like we I'm can a have waste. both. I mean, I mean, you can, you know, we have both. We have both in the I shop. Have we have both. We yeah. have tubes of of the various, so various things. Technically, all the piss in the shop belongs to Josh. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. We we owe him more than that half gallon we give. We probably need to refresh his supply. Yeah, we do. Yeah, no, he he. So I have I have my gator piss in in one container, and then I have a very strong ferric mix that I have that I call the blackening, and I use that for uh, for my. How racist of you? Uh, like it. <laughs> what? Oh, no, it's for blackening blades. Why would you even think that? <laughs> Son of a bitch. I, I, have... I didn't even think about that. Maybe I shouldn't call it that. Don't feel bad, Noah. Like Remember uh, somebody called Brian yeah, House a yeah. Nazi because he had lightning bolts on his fucking... Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Little, the door opens. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well before this gets more out of hand i mean we can get out of hand in the after show so i just want to go around real quick to all of you guys here um give you guys a chance because i know a lot of you guys are actually knife makers um aside from from working at baker forge and tool um so where can we if you have your own social media or if uh whatever you want to plug here at the end of the show uh let's just go ahead and go around and and let everybody know where they can find you if they wanted to follow each one of you guys as individually. Um, Coy, obviously you just, you just run Baker Forge and tool on Instagram, Baker Forge on YouTube. Uh, Is there anything Baker else you Forge have out there tool on Facebook, uh, Baker Forge and tool on TikTok, Twitter, And we just started a Twitter, a tweeter. So we're Twitter went out there. Um, and then we've got the Baker Forge studios page on Instagram, Gator piss page on Instagram. Uh, 
I actually have a personal Instagram as well. It's called the Bearded Steel Wizard. So that one's me, just me, not the company page. Because the company page is accessible by three or four different people now. And so, and a lot of business is done through there. So I actually have a personal one that's separate from that. Um, Yeah, I guess, Will? I have uh, jackdogknives.com, jackdogknives at Instagram. I'm I'm bad on Instagram. I need to get better. I'm going to get taught to Waylon at some point about helping me with that. Uh, but that's it. Jack we, Dog Knives. We tag uh, Jack Dog Knives in the reels as well. So you can pull him up from there. Yeah. So, um, and then Cole is incognito on Instagram. My account Very looks cool. like a spam account. If you find me and you're cool, I might follow you back. Uh, <laughs> buy Prim of Woodsman Knives. <laughs> there you go. He's the best knife maker I've ever met. So jo- he's talking about Josh Morgan, Primitive yeah. Woodsman Knives. Oh. We, he shares a shop space with us right now. So Primitive Woodsman is separate of Baker Forge, but he runs in the same shop. Um, that's who he's talking about. <clears throat> gotcha. Great guy. Is he like a best friend or yeah, something? Are you getting this kind he's, of shout yeah, out? Or like, what, he probably man? is my best friend. And he makes knives with, with our still, too. <laughs> yeah. Occasionally. Occasionally. His, uh, his, sorry. Oh, his line is mostly. He does some yeah, really clean yeah. work. Yeah, so he also worked so he's at He's a great knife maker, but he's a fantastic knife designer, mm-hmm. which a lot of them aren't. Yeah, so he worked with, he Just worked say. at Winkler Knives. Yeah, there's there's a lot of former Winklers, me, him, Kyle. Kyle, yeah. And then Josh also works a lot with uh, Jason Knight. So you'll see some influence there uh, because they work together all the time on all kinds of stuff. So um, then Jay, shout yourself out. I don't really do Instagram. All right, well, (laughs) Jay doesn't do Instagram. He's incognito. We tap. You got an account. Yeah, I have an account. Yeah, you well, some, I don't even remember what the handle is. You show some I have absolutely zero posts. <laughs> I know. You look like oh, I look it's like a Jay spam. Baker on Instagram. Like spam. It's okay. Yeah. Jay. Oh, it is just Jay Baker. Yeah. One fifty one. I knew there was something else after it. Yeah, so Jay does from time to time post kind of behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Just shot from his phone about what is going on. Yeah. It's rare, but it happens. I do it whenever I feel like it, which is borderline never. But every once in a while, I get a bug and I do it. Usually, big flames and stuff, though. Yeah, mostly when we're setting random yeah. stuff on fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Waylon. Yeah my my Instagram's uh, Mark Waylon Hageman. I do a lot of car photography mainly. So, yeah. Who'd have thought the the videographer and photographer does photos on the side as his own hobby? Yeah. <laughs> Not being able to focus wow, I'm cars, shocked. But, yeah, when when the power tour came by, I was hurting a little bit. <laughs> very cool, guys. Well, thank you all so very much for joining us. I really appreciate you guys taking time after your, uh, I'm sure, a long, hot, hard day of work to uh, chat with us and BS around. Um, we're going to go ahead and uh, swing over to an after show. If you are a patron of the hustle and grind podcast you'll be able to listen to that if it's something that you feel like you want to listen to and you're not a patron you go to patreon.com slash hustle and grind where for as little as one dollar a month you can become a patron 
Unfortunately, someone will die, but you probably don't know them, so that's okay, and you'll get great content in return. So thank you all very much to all of our patrons. We appreciate you. We love you. We're surprised that you're still there after the last couple of uh, after shows. Um, but thank you anyways. You know, we really appreciate that. Um, Ryan, you got anything else to close us out? No. Uh, that was fun. Yeah, thanks for I having us. appreciate you guys so coming good. on. Yeah, this is, uh, for sure. Is fun. Hopefully the audio yeah. is good. There's a lot of voices talking over one mic. Yeah. So. yeah. We'll yeah. find out really soon. <laughs> <laughs> so. But all right, guys, I'm going to play us out. It was see see you all on the after show. Have a good week. Bye.